Hello, 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 and happy Saturday. Happy Saturday indeed, and welcome into another edition of the Sports Kiki Podcast. It is episode number 71. Is Alex Find the show wherever you can find your favorite outsports podcasts. We're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. I am back recording the show in a normal position this week. No longer sitting on a bedroom floor with my microphone and laptop propped up on a nightstand. I am back in a ch- on a chair. Uh, the microphone is situated in front of me normally, much more comfortable. Uh, you know, it's really a, it was a Ripken-esque effort, I think, for me last week to uh, record the show in that situation. But uh, I have a big show for you planned this week. I have a guest. That's right. Remember those. Yes, a guest. And it's a big guest. It is, to my recollection, uh, the first Olympian. I've ever had on the show. Uh, maybe I've had one on before. I don't think so, but my memory's foggy. I had Sid Ziegler on a few weeks ago, the co-founder of OutSports, and uh, I said it was his first time on the podcast, and it wasn't. As it turns out, I interviewed Sid last year sometime when we were first starting out. So who knows? But to my knowledge, <laughs> this is the first time we've had an Olympian on the show. Randy Gardner uh, is a former Olympic figure skater. He won five United States championships in his day, a world championship, and qualified for two Olympic games with his partner, Ty Babylonia. Uh, he was a figure skater. He was out there in the 70s and 80s. Um, he became professional in the mid-1980s. And uh, I have a million questions for Randy. He's doing a great event in Boston, July 17th, called Be Here, Be You, which I had him on to talk about. But we also talk about his story, which is amazing, and his thoughts as a formerly closeted Olympian on now the wide array of out LGBTQ Olympians. We could have as many as over 100 out Olympians competing this year. Chelsea Wolfe this week made history as the first openly transgender person to compete for Team USA. She qualified this week uh, in the BMX biking, so that will be great to see. And again, Randy was uh, a competitor in the 1976 games, finishing fifth with his partner, Ty. Uh, and then he was fourth to withdraw in 1980, even though they were the favorites due to an injury. So the world has come so far over the last, let's see how good my math is, four decades since 1980. So uh, yeah, very excited to talk to Randy about that. And also his, his personal story about coming out as an openly as a gay man in the 70s and 80s he didn't publicly come out until 2006 but starting to live his life starting to date men and at that time of course it was the start of the AIDS epidemic which and you'll hear my conversation with him but I just can't even imagine I'm 28 years old I can't even imagine living through that and you know the gay cancer they called it and you're just becoming yourself and you're exploring your sexuality and you want to have sex and you want to go out and you want to be with your own, but the media tells you you can't. That's dangerous. You want to be gay, you'll get the gay cancer and die. And nobody really cares. The federal government doesn't care. Uh, you know, we know all about that. And it's 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 unfathomable in the world of prep to to think of that. But and the other thing is too, you don't know about it unless you seek it out. I watched It's a Sin on Netflix earlier this year. It is an unbelievable series and was really the first time, and this is due to my ignorance, I admit it, but this is really the first time I was like, wow, I mean, this, the the gravity of this and just the feeling of being newly 
gay, exploring your sexuality, and you go out to like a gay club or a gay bar for the first time. For me, that was a euphoric and, dare I say, intoxicating experience. And the last thing on my mind is, oh, I could go home from somebody and catch a disease that would that would kill me. Thanks to prep and modern medicine and, you know, the advancements we've made. So it's unfathomable for people my age. And someone like Randy lived through that. So it's a good talk. Randy Gardner, he's coming up on the other side of this. It's a Sports Kiki podcast. And as always, happy Pride. And welcome back to the Sports Kiki podcast. As I mentioned in the opening, very excited about my guest this week, Olympian Randy Gardner, who won five United States championships, a world championship, and qualified for two Olympic games, as I mentioned, with his partner, uh, uh, Ty Babylonia. Randy, welcome to the show. How are you, sir? Uh, Thank you, Alex. I'm doing quite well. Very excited about the summer games and the winter games. I I love this. I love these years because they're they're so exciting. and I love seeing the new athletes and you know what's going on out there. It's really, really fun. Love, we love all the games, especially after last year when there were no games for any of us, um, you know, sport-wise, sports and otherwise. Um, so uh, I have a million questions for you, but, but I do want to start here. Um, you were coming out quietly in the 70s and early 80s, back when the idea of openly gay athletes or openly gay Olympians, it still seemed so distant in so many ways. And now today, as I was saying before we hit record, we could have as many as over 100 out LGBTQ competitors in the Olympics next month. How does that make you feel? Well, I I think it's wonderful. And yeah, I think, as you said, in my era of competing in Olympic figure skating, we did not do that. And I'm, I'm so thrilled and it's so encouraging of the new athletes that are I think just being more comfortable in doing it and I and I think that sports has such a huge platform in doing this for the community and coming out and being comfortable and making the world aware because athletes have an international right. uh, platform and an international voice and it, it just goes worldwide and I'm very impressed. You know, it's still brave and not easy for an athlete to come out. But um, the ones that are doing it, I think, are very brave. And I think it says a lot about our society and culture and that it's, you know, a lot of people say it's really not that big a deal. And I tend to agree with that. But I do think you never know about an athlete's personal life if, if, if it's if it's a if there are family issues if there are religious issues right. if there are in their sport issues and so I still I still think that they're very brave to yeah do it yeah and, and as you were mentioning as well I mean the Olympics are an international stage so yes here in the United States culturally it may not be that big of a deal for, you know, a cisgender male or, you know, man or woman to come out as gay or bisexual or what have you. But, you know, on the international stage, it isn't like that, obviously, in every country. And to just have out athletes on this platform, the whole world literally watching is just still so important, even in 2021, as you were saying. Yeah, it is. I think athletes and politicians, I think, have a really huge voice in this. And because I think we're loud. And we are heard 
and it is worldwide. And I think it's really important for the community. And, you know, like I said, quite encouraging. Yeah, very much so. And I mean, did you ever think you would see this day? Not really. I yeah. mean, I, I'm, I, I still, you know, think about the athletes that, that are closeted and waiting to come out and one by one as they do it. And some of these sort of sports that I never thought that athletes would come out in, let's say hockey, speed skating, uh, football, baseball. Um, I just saw Billy Bean speak about his life, you know, in baseball and he was a football player before and that was incredible what, what he was talking about. And so everyone has their own personal journey and some are pretty intense. And even, even if you were an athlete in, in my day and you decide to come out later and or even now, it's still impressive. Right. And, you know, let's keep going. And, and I hope that we're able to do that. Yeah, you say let's keep going. What do you think is the the next the next step here? Well, I think I, I think it's people are going to be more comfortable doing it, and I think I think uh, gay athletes are more accepted now, and uh, I just feel that they are becoming more comfortable. And there's also there's just this opportunity to do it. And I think right. one by one, each, each day, each week that one does it, I think it makes it easier right. for the next one. And it's also really not, it's almost, hopefully it'll become, we'll, we'll see a time where it's not really going to matter. Right. Yeah. And I think, I, th- I hope we're close to that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I hope so too, and we're seeing that in so many sports. And what's so you know groundbreaking about this year's Olympics, in addition to all the out LGBTQ competitors, part of that are trans competitors. I mean, we already have uh, Chelsea Wolf made history this week, first trans athlete to go to the Olympics with uh, Team USA. I mean, it's just uh, barriers being broken all the time, and that really, yeah, that's amazing to see. It is, and I think I think the trans community is probably the most underserved community yes. that we have, and I think they are really struggling. And I think in terms of, well, in in the U.S., you know, the past administration was trying to take away so many of the rights, right? Just just to live as a person, right? You know, anything from job protection to you know what bathrooms they are to use, and I think, and and in the military. And so I think I'm really pushing for that community to hopefully we give them a handle to, to, to keep doing this. Cause I really feel bad for that community, but you know, hopefully, like I said, each day it'll get easier and easier and more common and, and just more acceptable. And you talk about the stage, we could have as many as nine transgender athletes aiming to, you know, with chances to compete in this year's Olympics. Uh, and now talk about a powerful message. That would be all of them. On the world stage, um, you mentioned about everyone has their own story. I do want to talk a little bit about yours. I mean, you've talked about this quite a bit for many, many years. But you know, I was reading back to an interview you did with Sid Ziegler in 2017, and just you know, I'm 28, so just I was so struck at the idea <laughs> of coming. Of com- I appreciate the chuckle of coming out as a gay man, Randy, in the late 70s and early 80s, right around the start of the AIDS epidemic. I mean, 
I can't even conceptualize that. How did you handle it? Well, I, I, I didn't officially come out until later in, in a People magazine article, right. which was about probably in, in like, you know, or, or in the early 2000s. Right. Um, I was, I was uh, out with friends and right. family and that's, things, yes, and, that's what I but I did yes. not do it. Yeah, I didn't do it publicly because it was not, I was a little afraid of that. Yeah. Uh, in terms of career and things. Um, I think... In the 90s, especially in our sport, there were people like uh, Rudy Galindo and people kept kept going in the sport of figure skating. And then, of course, Adam Rapon sort right. of blew the roof off. Totally. Great. And I think that he made it really possible for the ones that are coming out now, especially um, the elite athlete and the Olympic athlete. I think he's the one that really sort of uh, turned the page for them, uh, you know, in our generation, it was something that you just didn't do. And a great example, U.S. figure skating, the governing body of, of figure skating, they're doing everything now for pride and, you know, right. judges are coming out and officials are coming out and, you know, let, you know, let alone uh, the, the athletes. So it's really, really positive in my mind. Yeah, I mean, and, and you didn't come out publicly until 06, as you mentioned, and, you know, you were closeted publicly while you were competing because one of the concerns, right, was that you could be docked points. And now you mentioned that this governing body, like all sports governing bodies, are fully embracing pride. It's it's an amazing transformation in just a few decades. It is. I, I like the way how pride has developed, too, yes. the whole month now. And I remember I, I going to the LA, LA Pride and I had a hat on and sunglasses and all this stuff. And I was just watching it. And then finally, and I never thought I'd be able to do this, is March, March in one. Wow. And I marched in LA Pride for Out Sports behind their banner. And that yes. was just, uh, two years ago. And I never thought I would do that. And I was so proud and so happy. And it really was a highlight of my life. Wow. Highlight of your life. Honest. Highlight of my life, to be honest. Yeah, it was the experience of doing that and people cheering from the side and being with, uh, you know, we had about a, probably 100 people in the group. And I I want to thank Outsports and Sid and you guys for opening that up for me. And uh, I really, really felt good. It was a nice, warm, hot, toasty day, nice. but I did not mind. No. Pride has to be a little hot and toasty, doesn't it? I mean, you know. It, it it does it, it, in all aspects. Yeah, <laughs> in all aspects. Yes, but uh, but but I mean, I was talking about you know, I know that you didn't come up publicly until uh the two thousands, but you know, you were privately exploring your life as an out, you know, as a as a gay man. Um, and you know, like just I remember the first time that I went to a gay nightclub, it was so euphoric. I felt like the world had been completely open to me in a way that it never had before, but like it never even crossed my mind that, oh, if I go home with someone at this club, I could potentially catch this fatal disease that no one knows anything about. I mean, back in the 70s. So just like conceptually, yeah. as I said, I just can't, I, I just can't, I just can't imagine that. It must have been so, so hard. I don't know. Well, the, the AIDS epidemic, it was frightening. And yeah. you were kind of fighting for your life in those days. And I lost so many friends. Uh, you know, during that time. And it was almost, it was shameful in a way to be gay because there was such a stigma around it. 
And it was it, it was scary though too because you know in the eighties we didn't have the medications that they have now, right? And we didn't know what to do. It was it was almost like God, what what is this? And we were this little community that was faced with this dreadful life threatening disease. And I keep thinking, why did we have to go through that? We shouldn't have. What did we do? to deserve that. And I still don't know the answer, but uh, we had to push through and thank God for, for medicine and science and the medical community for, for helping the community get through all that. Yeah. Prep is an amazing, amazing drug. Um, But what's even more amazing is that AIDS isn't eradicated due to its existence because uh, issues with availability and whatnot. Uh, so gotta love the pharmaceutical companies, but, um, it, it, it is amazing though, Randy, about, about like the history too. You know, I've been watching, uh, Pride, which is a series they have on Hulu for this month, uh, the history of LGBTQ rights. And, and it goes through all the decades beginning in the forties and fifties. And it's amazing even in school, right? Like you don't learn about any of this stuff. Like you, like you think of president Dwight Eisenhower and in school we learn about, oh, the highways and this and that. You don't even learn that it was under him made illegal to be gay and employed by the federal government and how this continued for decades after that. Um, it's just, it's the history is just, it's not told unless you really seek it out. Well, true. And, and and it's so disappointing and that some of the states are taking stuff out of the history books about the gay community and the LGBT contributions in our lives and in our, in our country's history. And they're actually eliminating some of that stuff as they are like with some of the African American historic moments. And I, you know, we've, we've got to figure that out. And I just, I, I don't like that at all. It's unfair. It's not real. And I think, you know, that's where the fight has to keep going and why it has to keep going with, with the gay community. Because, you know, there's a lot of stuff in there that, that I think our kids need to learn about. And it also helps that generation learn and be more comfortable and kind of figure out where we came from and, where, and who, their, who their ancestors are. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, so. I, I think we need to sort of figure that one out. It, it, it should not be happening in the United States. So we have to keep going with that. Yeah. And, 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 and your impact, talk about, you know, back, back to you. So in the early 80s, we have Billie Jean King and Martina Navratilova mm-hmm. come out. They come out to, I would say, mixed reactions, to put it mildly. How did their public coming out uh, impact you? Because at the time you were professionally skating, correct? Correct. Yeah. It made me feel more, more comfortable. I was kind of proud of them. Yeah. Um, and I kept thinking, should I do it? Uh, should I wait? What would happen if I do it? Well, they did it and they were really, they were big names in sport. And I, I, I went back in and said, uh, I think I'll wait. You know, I put the little curtain on the closet again and, um, but I watched, I watched other people do it. And finally, when I felt comfortable, I did it. And I think, I think everybody has their own path and their timing and their journey of coming out. And I think we have to let them have that. Uh, Cause people just, some people just aren't comfortable and re- you have to be ready yeah. 
still. And I think those two especially um, were quite brave, and they chipped away at it, you know, which was good. It made it easier. Like, those two made it easier for me. And I think my doing it made it easier for the next ones. Right. And, and yeah, and that's something that I think really just hit home at Outsports. I need to tell you that every story we tell has an impact. You know, you add one more to the list, it increases visibility, and that's so important. Um, but, you know, in your story, so you publicly come out to people, you said in 2006, what was the moment that made, like, what, what made you decide to do it then and not earlier in the 90s and throughout, you know, the previous 2000s where, you know, you were privately in your life living as a gay man and the cultural tide was changed. What about what made you do it in 06 when you did it? Well, I was ready. And, yeah. I, you know, it was it was not an interview for that. It was an interview really? about Ty and me and, and, yeah, and our years together. Yeah. And I just sort of slipped it out hmm. and not to be funny or to be you know, kind of quirky about it, but I just slipped it out and that became kind of like the story. Yeah. Um, and for some reason it was so compelling to the writer. <laughs> um, and I guess to, and then to, to people magazine that the story shifted and the interview, the rest of the interview became about that. And I didn't really, I really, I didn't go in that day thinking I'm going to come out during this uh, interview. It wasn't like that at all. I just talked about it and Huh. It just sort of or- organically, I organically did it, huh. and that it was written about, and, I, and I, I'm glad I did. Yeah. It kind of took the pressure off because I didn't, uh, I, I didn't have to do a big build-up or you right. know, count the clock or do it. I just did it, and yeah. uh, it was actually pretty easy. Yeah, I I think that's so right that, you know, you're ready when you're ready. Like I came out publicly, I I used to work in sports talk radio full time and I did it like on a show uh, one day randomly. My co-host asked, like my co-host, my co-host asked me, is there anything that the listeners don't know about you? And I said, yeah, I'm gay. And like, boom, there it is. I didn't walk into the studio that morning planning on coming out and it happened. And like you said, it was done and it was easy. Something that I had built yeah, up my exactly, whole life. Well, yeah, what you say is right. It's done and it was easy. It's not like that for everybody, but right. um, you know, maybe in our case, it just sort of it just sort of evolved and boom, we say it and we're done. Let's go have lunch. <laughs> I love a good lunch, of course. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Love yeah. a good lunch. Um, so I also had you on today to talk about this great event you're doing in my city of Boston, July seventeenth. It's a Saturday. Be here. BU, an LGBTQ skating and dancing party you're hosting. Tell the listeners about that. Yeah, well, it's going to be it's going to be the first time I've, I've ever been at a, a, a skating event. I think that was really going to benefit the LGBT community. Um, it, it's produced by a friend of mine, Elon Schran, in Boston, and it's at the Skating Club of Boston. And we're hoping it's going to be r- really good and fun and just to celebrate and. Um, it's very family friendly and we're going to have some drag queens there and a a great DJ and we're going to skate and dance the night away. And I think celebrate and, um, going to a, the, the proceeds are going to a charity called rehearsal for life. And that, that helps youth and especially in bullying and being harassed and things like that, which I think is important too for the kids. 
so I'm looking forward to it. And I, you know, I, um, I hope it's going to be big. And I know Boston's such a great city. I love Boston. And I, I know Boston, Boston's going to make it happen. They're going to turn out. I hope. Yeah. I love that you'll be here. love to hear that you love Boston. Uh, we have a great, great city here. Um, so yeah, be here, be you. And how can people, uh, buy tickets for this event? Well, if you go to joyskateproductions.com, they have, that's the production company putting it on and they have a, they have a link there to buy tickets. And I believe they're 20 or $30, uh, per person. And there might be like a, we're doing a family skate first and then it's going to get more, you know, where the families can come in and they can stay. And then I think as the hours go on, we get more to the party aspect of it. That's and that. I think yeah, you'll find you'll find them online. That's that the party aspect. I'm sold. Uh, Randy Gardner, <laughs> former Olympian, at the Randy Gardner. If you want to follow him on Twitter, Randy. Thanks for coming on the show. Much appreciated, my friend. Uh, thank you so much, Alex. Okay, until next time. Thank you. And thank you to Randy Gardner once again for taking the time and coming on the show this week. As I say at the end of every episode, if you have any topic ideas, guest ideas, notes, whatever it is, hit me up against my better judgment. My DMs are open on Twitter, at AlexReamer1. That again is at AlexReamer1. So long, everybody. Enjoy your weekend. It's a great one. I'll talk to you next, next Saturday.